0: Welcome in to another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. He's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at 1on1063. Get all of his picks and his for these fights at FatJackSports.com. We're here to preview another UFC fight night. Not the best card in the world, but there's always money-making opportunities, Jordan, right? There is, but this card sucks. I, I I mean,
1: this card, this card... This card, as a fight fan, has probably, like, two fights and maybe, like, four fighters that I'm interested in seeing perform. Um, But outside of that, it, it is extremely lackluster. Uh, and it's an interesting, like, kind of like couple of weeks because the UFC is facing a couple of those cards before we get the UFC Singapore, UFC, you know, the next big pay per view with the light heavyweight championship on the line, yeah, which will be exciting in a couple of weeks, and we'll get a recap uh, of. Uh, your wedding that you're going on to in Norway, which yep. I'm extremely excited about. Maybe I'll, uh, find,
0: I'll find a good card out there, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, can definitely, <laughs> you can definitely find some uh, Norwegian MMA fight fans. Oh, there's yeah, no there's, no, there's no doubt about that. You won't struggle with that. But, yeah, I mean, look, we're, 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 we're in this spot, and this, this happens with the sport, that you know occasionally you're going to get a fight night where it's just lackluster. It's, it's lacking star power. It's lacking fights of, of interest. It's, it's, it's featuring a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, UFC debutants or contender series alums. But like you said, we're trying to make money. That's all we care about. It yeah. doesn't really matter what, you know, how the fight plays out. It's all out. green.
0: What happens? It's all green. Now, there is a big name here. We've got Holly Holm against Ketlin Vieira. So, Holly Holm is a big name, obviously known for her knockout um, a, a long time ago, uh, the kick to the face. The kick to the face of a Ronda Rousey. And so people know who Holly Holm is, right? Like, this is, yes, it's a bad card. You can say it. I'll say it's an okay card. I don't want the UFC to get mad at me. Not that they sponsor me or anything like that. <laughs> care about I don't, the UFC I don't no, no, I don't. But Holly Holm, Ketlin Vieira, Holly Holm is a big name. This is the the main event for this UFC fight night. Uh, Holly Holm is a big favorite. Minus two for the uh, Ketlin Vieira plus 195 I saw you on Twitter at one on 1063 making the case that Ketlin Vieira might be the play here is that what you're gonna go with in not a title fight but what could determine who's next in line to fight for the title
1: right now at at the current price point I'm taking a hard look at Ketlin Vieira I haven't pulled the trigger yet on plus 195 but if it if it stays in that range or if it, if it trends a little bit higher, I'm going to pull the trigger on her. And and the reason being is because, look, Holly Holm absolutely 100% is is a star. Like, she's known for the head kick heard around the world when she knocked out Ronda Rousey and became the UFC women's bantamweight champion. Uh, She's subsequently featured that head kick in in a few other fights in in her UFC career. But, look, she's now 40 years old. Uh, she is, you know, she's two and one in her last three fights, and that one loss was to Amanda Nunez, who who I consider the, the greatest of all time in women's mixed martial arts. But she you, you know what Holly Holm's gonna do. She's going to kickbox, she's going to add up points, she's gonna feature a, a pretty good takedown defense, and she's gonna try and win either by a head kick knockout or via decision. And I will say this. Uh she surprised me in her last fight, Adam, uh, against Irene Aldana, who actually, surprisingly, is uh, a fighter that knocked out Ketlin Vieira mm-hmm. a couple of fights ago, one of her two losses for Vieira. And Holly Holm looked very good in a five-round fight, did not get go to, go to the ground much, if at all, and she won on points. But prior to that, she fought Raquel Peddington, former title challenger, who dirties up fights against everybody. She did not look good, home that is, at all. She got pushed up against the cage. Uh, Raquel Peddington worked worked the clinch, and even though Holly Holm was awarded the win, uh, a lot of people felt she didn't win that fight. So, I'm suggesting Ketlin Vieira based on the matchup that we're going to see. Ketlin Vieira is also a very strong stand-up fighter. She's got some knockout power. Uh, she is looked at as a future title contender, and I think that she could match that, and she'll have the advantage if the fight were to go to the ground. Mm -hmm. My concern is that Ketlin Vieira, who she got knocked out in in that matchup against uh, Irene Aldana, and prior to that, too, she had a bad uh, weight miss, which led to her loss against Yana Kunitskaya. So what Caitlin Vieira is going to show up, which is why I'm, like, holding off on that, pulling that trigger at plus 185, which is why, and a lot of people get frustrated with me that I don't send out my releases until I see the weigh-ins. Yeah, you guys. But see I have that. to. Yeah, I have to see what they look like on the scale, if they're going to make weight, if there's some sort of injury. And look, the la- and this is the perfect example. The last time Ketlin Vieira, she missed, you know, two fights ago, she missed the weight.
0: She looked terrible on the scale, and she lost the fight. Mm -hmm. and also, I mean, before that you're looking at someone at Holly Holm who hasn't competed uh, since 2020 because of a medical issue and then because of a knee injury so at the same time, you're not only looking at Vieira but you're looking at Holly Holm who has dealt with knee injuries before canceled the fight because of that and I think you're right, this is a question of whether this is a stand-up fight or does this go to the ground if it goes to the ground, it probably favors uh, Ketlin Vieira, if it stays up, it probably favors Holly Holm, but also, you're looking at cardio here, Holly Holm is 40 years old. She hasn't fought in 2 years, but she's been in a lot of main events. So she's gone the distance in a lot of these fights. Whereas Ketlin Vieira has experience but has not been in a lot of main events that go the distance. Yeah. So will her cardio be there if she does need to go the distance uh, against Holly Holm? If this is a stand up fight and does go to decision, will she have enough stamina to be able to last 5 rounds and not tire out, you know, late into the 3rd round?
1: Yeah, that's going to be the question. I mean, Ketlin Vieira's only gone to the, uh, you know, in in a championship Fight or championship rounds once before. It was her last fight, victory over Misha Tate, you know, the former champion. But Misha Tate was coming up, uh, you know, off of retirement and having two kids and uh, several years of layoff. But Ketlin Vieira did look good and and she won the fight. Look, she's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. She's a black belt in Judo. So she's going to have the ability, in my mind, to get this fight to the ground if she wants. Even though Holly Holm, again, is a very good defender of the takedowns. Very hard person to get to the ground and, and keep to the ground. But I'm also confident in Ketlin Viera coming from the Nova Uniao camp, which is renowned for their Muay Thai and their stand-up, that she's going to have it in her to be able to win a fight on the feet. Mm-hmm. So at plus 195 right now, if you're, if you're itching and you're listening to the podcast right now and you're like, i got to play this fight, then you play Ketlin Viera. You play Ketlin Vieira because uh, of the age difference, the injury, and the time off that you just alluded to with Holly Holm. Uh, believing the fact that Ketlin Vera is going to have a good weight cut, going to show up to the fight in shape, and I think she's going to have the advantage. I'm not worried about the cardio as much as as you're hinting at for the you know the second time. That's going to be a five round fight, mm-hmm. two, nearly a two to one dog. You play it, because again. We just talked about it. Holly Holmes is also being backed because of, of name notoriety. I yeah, mean, absolutely. A lot of people are backing her because of that.
0: And if you go to the method of decision here, method of victory here, uh, for this one, if you go, Holly Holmes by decision is minus 110, so you're getting normally what you get for any matchup here, for any game that you're looking to play that's not a, a fight. Minus 110 is pretty standard for odds here. And then you're looking at... Ketlin Vieira to win by submission. If this does go to the ground, that's eight to one. Holly Holm to win by knockout or TKO, that is plus three fifty. Anything you'd you consider sprinkling what was the on Sorry, that. what was
1: the odds on Ketlin Vieira via decision?
0: Uh via dis, via submission is eight to one. Uh, Vieira by decision is three and a half to one. Okay, I,
1: I like that then. I, I think again, you know, Holly Holm is still a tough customer, someone that's that's extremely difficult two finish uh, and, and someone likely to go, you know, those five rounds and, and, and keep herself out of danger, too, because of mm-hmm. that kickboxing ability. But I just want to, you know, look at this, you know, read this for you real quick, too. I was looking at the history of, of the betting lines for Ketlin Vieira, and obviously I just alluded to it. Big-time underdog heading into this fight. Prior to that, small favorite against Misha Tate. Big favorite against Yana Kunitzkaya. That's a fight that she showed up, missed weight, lost the fight, so that's a bad miss if you were backing her. But then she, you know, she agreed with the odds. She was a big favorite against banks. Eubanks, uh, she was a big favorite against Irene Aldana, so she missed on that as well. Uh, but a big favorite against Kat Singano. And then an underdog against Sarah McMahon, which she cashed because a lot of people didn't know who Ketlyn Vieira is. So what I'm getting at is this is the first time in quite some time that you're going to get her probably in a spot as an underdog where you can cash on her or there's a lot of value in her heading into this fight.
0: Our co-main event Santiago Ponzavio against Michelle Paheya. This is the shortest odds of the card on this one. Uh Ponzibbio is Ponzanibio. O- Ponzanibio. Sorry, it's a lot of letters in there, man. Is. I was trying my best here. I've got it written down Ponzanibio. I-, I neglected the extra i. I didn't. I didn't give the man his extra eye. Uh, plus, hopefully, he doesn't. That doesn't hurt him. He might need both of his eyes uh, in this fight. Is plus one hundred and Paheya is minus one twenty in this fight. This is a, a, a division that's getting kind of crowded. These guys are looking to break into that top ten in the welterweight division. How do you see this one coming up here uh, with Paheya and Santiago? It's
1: it's it's one of the fights that I'm looking forward to the most because it is two action fighters. Santiago Panzanibio, you know, is is. is- is, a, is a, a unique story. I mean, this is a guy that was 27-3. and three. Uh, You know, he had won, I think, six or seven fights in a row in the UFC welterweight division. That's a shark tank. He was featured in the main event in a fight in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Argentina. He is Argentinian, so the fight card was built around him to feature him. He won that fight in the main event. Then he couldn't get healthy. Injuries upon injuries, he was out for three years, makes his return, and gets Knocked out by the leech, uh, Lee Jiang Leong, mm. who, as we know, just gets just got steamrolled in his last fight against Concept Shamaya. Mm-hmm. Then Panzanibio returns, looks good again, looks good against Miguel Baeza, but now we've seen Miguel Baeza kind of fall off. Uh, we had him losing his last fight, that was a nice win for us, and then Panzanibio bounces, uh, you know, off of that fight with a loss to Jeff Neal. So, I don't know what you're gonna get. With Santiago Ponzinibbio. If, if, if we were talking about this fight back in 2018, I'm siding with Santiago Ponzinibbio Will, because of his explosiveness, mm-hmm. his athleticism, and the fact that he could go to championship rounds. We saw that before. And he, I, I do believe that he's got some ability on the ground. Michelle Paheya is just an outstanding fighter just to watch. You know, the fact that, like, he came in with such notoriety into the UFC, had an unbelievable knockout uh, in his UFC debut, then lost his second fight when he was supposed to steamroll the dude because we talked about it. He was just dancing to the cage, lost all his cardio, and gassed out uh, to a guy that he, he, he should have he won. Mm-hmm. And then since then, you know, has been a little bit reserved, has been a little bit reserved, learned his lesson, and has put together a very impressive four-fight uh, you know, or five-fight winning streak, if you will, because he was beating Diego Sanchez before he got, uh, you know, DQ'd for an illegal knee. So five-fight win streak, I'm going to call it. The ability to knock guys out, the ability to submit guys, and the fact that he's just a ginormous welter. Like, literally the biggest man I've ever seen that could cut to 170 pounds. But again, another factor in, is he going to be fine at the scale? He hasn't really had issues outside of that catchweight fight that had to be the one that he was dancing to the cage. Since then, he's been fine. He's been fine at the scale, but you gotta wait. Uh, it'll be a small play for me on Michelle pajaya okay? Because I think he can match the stand up with uh, Santiago Ponzanibio. Ponzanibio, we've seen he got knocked out by uh, Li Jiang Liang, and, and and I and I think Michelle Pajean just has more variety of strikes. So you're probably going to be for me. It's going to be a straight play on Pajean, and I'm probably going to lean inside the distance as well for him. So. Uh, I guess you play the under at 2.5 as well, whatever price you could fit. That's you know, plus I,
0: money as well right now. That's okay. plus 140. I mean, under 2.5 is plus 140. And, and it could be a case, too. Like, look, you know,
1: the the last three victories for Michelle Pahe have all gone to the judges' scorecards. Uh, all three have have gone against, you know, kind of similar stylistic fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaos Williams, Nico Price, Andre Fajilio are, are all guys that are, that are stand-up fighters, Muay Thai, nothing really threatening on the ground. I believe the same with Ponzinibbio. But I, I think Santiago Panzanibu might be shot. Again, this is not 2018. This is not a guy that was 27-3 and three on a seven-fight win streak in the welterweight yeah. division. He's 1-2. He's been in and out of action. Uh, he switched up camps, I believe. He's moved around from American top team to and whatnot. So, like, it's going to be a great fight for As long as it lasts, but I, I think we're going to get a finish in this fight, and I think it's going to be Michelle Pahaya that's going to have his hand raised.
0: Michelle Pahaya by knockout is plus 350, by submission is 10 to 1, so probably no shot there. And I, mean, he's one, he's,
1: I mean, he's got one, he does have a lot of submissions. With 27 wins, he's got seven submissions. But I just don't think, like, yeah, what's he going to do? He's going to
0: slap on a guillotine, you know, you're going to no. risk that. And then by it's, decision, he's plus 180, so by knockout or TKO, that's plus 350. That's not horrible, but you're saying the under that's plus money that's plus. I, I think it.
1: 140? I, th- I mean, look, I, I think it's safer just to play. Yeah,
0: straight up, play, especially at a dollar twenty five. It's not $1. bad. 20, it's not it's bad. Really not bad at all compared not- to some of the things we're seeing on the, the rest of this card with Holly Holm being a minus two forty. You know, and who we're going to talk about here, is minus two twenty. I mean, these are some short odds you're getting for a fighter that we haven't talked about in a while.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you, if you, if you need some more value on it, then you, then you, you, I guess you stuff Pahe in a parlay with like Almeida and Homes that are on the undercard that are. For them are big time favorites, mm-hmm. but
0: what's wrong with you know put put down one hundred twenty five? Yeah, my minus minus one twenty is not bad. All right, so I like yeah, I like that, and then sprinkle a little bit on the under at plus one forty, and maybe you get maybe you get something there as well. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about it right here: Chidi and Jaquani against Zuko Todorovic. Is plus 180 and is minus 220, so much longer odds here. These are the guys that you were talking about from Dana White's contender series. These are guys that are making, you know, that have made their debut before, obviously, and these are some middleweights here. What are we looking at here in this fight with a heavy favorite Indraquani, at minus 220? I, I think it's going to be a finish.
1: So the under at one and a half, the under at two and a half is going to be my play. Uh, you know, Tudorovich, you know, has 13 fights in his career. And it looks like, I believe, 11 of the 13 have gone inside a distance. You know, 10 of them, he's won. Uh, you know, he was knocked out uh, in, uh, against uh, uh, Soriano in, in the UFC. It's a guy that's going to give, you know, another opportunity for Kowani to showcase himself. Now, probably recency bias here because Kowani made his UFC debut He's the younger brother of Anthony Injakwani, which was he was back from the WEC days. That's well before your time, but you should go back and look at some of those fights because those are some of the best fights that ever existed within uh, the UFC before they or before they morphed with the UFC. Um, but he had a seven second knockout against yeah. uh, Mark Andre Berrio in his mm-hmm. UFC debut, and he's got some very impressive. Um, Ground and pound as well, where he will like softly jab at you at the body, and then all of a sudden, you know, just unlevel, uh, unleash like a bevy of elbows. So, uh, and I think Dusko's going to give him the fight that he wants. He's not going to threaten with takedowns. He's not going to threaten with a grappling submission game. He's going to stand in the pocket, and be like, "All right, here's I'm coming with my fists, yeah, you know, flailing, and let, let's see who knocks each other out." And I think Enjokawani likely wins the fight because it's another favorable matchup for him. But just playing the odds and being a little bit safe, you know, just inside the distance and the under probably as well.
0: And by knockout is plus 110. Like you mentioned, the under, uh, I'm looking at here, the under one and a half at minus 160. I can look for inside the distance uh, as well. But you're thinking that this one, this one basically goes through uh, Andraquani getting this knockout here or ending the fight before it finishes. Yeah, I just, I I can't, and I don't want to be on the side of like just the
1: casual kind of like, investor here but like Mm -hmm. the dude came in with notoriety Uh, he's obviously well-schooled because he's got an older brother that went through the rigors of the UFC and the WEC he looked impressive against a guy in Marc-Andre Berrio and obviously you're going to when you knock a dude out in seven seconds but Mm -hmm. like Marc-Andre Berrio doesn't get knocked out in in seven seconds in fact I think he bounced right back, did Burial, and, and won his fight inside the distance uh, in his last go-around uh, with the UFC. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago in the podcast. I don't remember. It's not in front of me. But, yeah, I, that that's why I like Kalani. I think it's a stylistic matchup that favors him. But just understanding that that Dusko also has some stand-up strength and some skill. And he's knocked some dudes out in the UFC. Um you know, you, you back him as well, and I'm looking at it right now. I didn't, I forgot about this. Uh, he Dusko uh, does have a victory over Michelle Paez via TKO prior mm. to the UFC. So, mm. take that for what it's worth.
0: The next fight, I don't normally come in already having made a pick. I usually listen to you and then wait, but I've already made my pick for oh, the next fight. Oh, obviously you've made I've your pick. I've already Jesus, made my pick. All, you're all in. I've already made all my pick. All
1: in on uh, Eric your Anders,
0: Eric Anders against Jun Young Park. If you don't, Eric Anders is <laughs> a plus 165. Park is minus 195, the big favorite here. This is a middleweight fight. <laughs> Anders, this, the this, former this Alabama hilarious. linebacker, <laughs> BCS champion, Forced to fumble, had seven tackles against Texas in the BCS national championship game against that 2009 Texas team. You know, I'm putting my money on Anders on this one. I'm going with the dog. I'm going with the Alabama guy, roll tied. He's had uh, some controversial finishes with a kick to the face that was maybe a little early. He's had an illegal knee that he wasn't disqualified for because it was supposedly on accident. So he's had some, some questionable finishes. But how do you see this one as he's a plus 165 Park the minus one ninety five. Yeah, favorite. I mean, look, he's gonna hit, yeah, he's another guy, and I don't want to be a broken record, but I'm gonna
1: have to wait and see what this guy looks like uh, on the scale. He's a guy that's you know bounced around between two hundred five and one eighty five, and whatever whatever weight class he fights at, like he's impressive. Like he's an impressive athlete. Obviously, you have to be if you're gonna go and play Division one football at, at Alabama, uh, and 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 size wise, like he he fits in either division. So that, that that's an oddity that like he wouldn't be a smaller light heavyweight, but he's mm-hmm. just a, a ginormous man. Um a lot of inconsistencies with him. I think that Park gives him a stylistic matchup that favors him because I don't think Park, you know, even though um he'll he'll like he, he I think he set the record did Park for most amount of strikes landed uh after a takedown. Like he just like was on top and just ground and pound, ground and pound, ground and pound. But like Eric Anders is an extremely difficult guy to get to the ground, and then he's got the explosiveness, not necessarily to use, like, skill, but just athleticism to get mm-hmm. himself back up. So I think uh, this is a matchup where you look the under, and I would maybe look at a small play uh, on, uh, in Anders, and that's not to, to – to, Grow favor with you, make you feel better. Yeah. It's just, it's just a matchup where he's not going to have to worry about a guy that's looking to grapple him to death and mm-hmm. take him to the ground and submit him, like Andre Munoz did in in you know Anders' last fight, or or the Christoph Jocko fight, which was just grueling takedown, you know, takedown after takedown. So yeah. I think. He'll be a more athletic fighter. He'll be the more explosive fighter. This will probably be one for me that I live bet as well. Mm -hmm. You know, Anders is probably going to have to get the win within a round, round and a half. If not, Park's going to probably be able to cruise, get some takedowns as as Anders starts to tire and and, and control him. So probably straight up pick for me is Eric Anders to to start. And then a live bet if it... Tosses into the later rounds in the park.
0: Uh, Anders by knockout is plus four fifty. That under I totally that you forgot mentioned.
1: that you were going to go right <laughs> with that. <I> <laughs> <didn't>
0: <laughs> that under is two- this is the first. This is the first time we're talking about him on the podcast. Yeah, like it is. He, it's, that he's yeah. fine. Okay, it is. Yeah, under two and a half, plus one sixty five. <laughs> so you're getting plus money there. On the under, unless what you talked about happens, where you know Park is is kind of going to the ground, getting takedowns, maybe wait, trying to tire him out, using the entire octagon to get him to move a little bit more. But if this if the, he comes out swinging and goes and goes fast, my guy, Andrews by knockout at plus four fifty. Listen, man, you, you forced a fumble in the BCSJ. I know Alabama won that game going away, uh, but still. One fumble, seven tackles in that BCS National Championship game in 2000 for that 2009 team. Uh, roll tied with Eric Anderson. So he game.
1: had to, uh, I, I believe he had to save the day because I think he wasn't, he wasn't originally slated to fight Leota Machita. I think there was a, uh, I'm, I'm going to maybe go look at it right now, but he was uh, originally supposed to have a fight or not. But anyway, he headlined a fight against Leota Machita, the former UFC light heavyweight champion yeah. uh, in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for that fight card there was a countdown show uh and uh you know yours truly uh, nick saban was featured in the countdown oh, show because nice. they they, f- they went he went back to tuscaloosa yeah yeah and, like walked you know whatever the, whatever that the path is the you walk know? of champions exactly yeah so he like walked with nick saban and nick saban was quoted a couple of times in the ufc uh yeah it's too bad that that fight was in brazil because if it was like anyone to stay i'm sure saban would have been front row you know for that fight
0: yeah saban's got he's got he's busy recruiting man leave the man alone yeah. let him recruit
1: and, and, a, and a fight that he should have won like that was a host yeah. job because it was was a split decision win for the dragon in brazil you know so he's not you know that fight goes to the judge of scorecards. you know anders is not winning that fight
0: <laughs> uh one of the fights from the undercard we're going to look at uh chase hooper against felipe colaris Cal- uh, here uh hooper only 22 years old Plus 140, Kolaris the minus 160 uh, favorite here. Uh, He's only been, uh, Hooper's only been around for a couple years here in the UFC. What do you think of this fight on the undercard? Yeah, yeah, I I like Kolaris in this fight.
1: I think just, you know, Chase Hooper, you know, he's got the funky style hair, young guy. He's got some pretty impressive submissions. He's, you know, he went back and forth with uh, Ben Askren, who's a, you know, pretty notable personality in, in MMA. But Chase Huber just hasn't developed the overall all-around game necessary to be competitive, and when he gets, he, he's getting there with a guy that's physically more mature than him. Like, it, I mean, that's just the Like, he's twenty; he's still twenty-two. He's like kind of like still coming into his own yeah. as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets, you know, out, you know, grappled because of just the physicality. But uh, Colerius is a guy also that has a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt that can match. The submissions, he's not going to be thrown off by the submissions. He could also push a pace and is going to have the better stand-up. And of course, I think is a slight favorite, I think he should more than be in the two-dollar range. Mm. So I like him to, to win this fight. Um, and it's just too bad because you know, Chase Hooper just burst onto the scene. But like I think again, like what was bit off way more than he could chew. Uh, you know, being thrown to the wolves in the UFC. So, but he he's a notable personality, he's definitely always a fun watch. But I, I think uh, Kolaris wins this fight.
0: Anything else that you're looking at in this undercard here? There's a, a Like you mentioned, not a great card. We talked about it at the beginning here. Not a great card, but anything else that you're looking at here uh, as we head into this UFC fight night?
1: I think I mentioned it. So I, I, I do like uh, Almeida and Holmes to win their fights. They're both sizable favorites. So if you mm-hmm. want to stuff both. both not both. Holly Holmes. Joseph, no, Holmes. Joseph Holmes. Joseph Holmes, not Holly Holm. Holm. That's, Holmes. That's weird. That's, Isn't it? That,
0: yeah. It's, that's why I'm making, I'm, I wanted to make sure. I don't want people to come at you and be like, ah, you told me that. Well, there's
1: also two Morales's well, and they're fighting well, back now, to back.
0: Oh, well, now we did. Now we got to start okay, over. So, <laughs>
1: Joseph Holmes, yes. middle-aged man, yes. not Holly Holmes. Bantamweight female, yes. Uh, Joseph Holmes and Jolton Almeida, yes. who's a heavyweight. I like them in a parlay, but I also like Almeida to submit Parker Porter. Ooh, okay, uh, and Parker Porter is an interesting, uh, physical specimen. Talk about physical specimens a lot. He's like one of those 5'8 heavyweights, so you could just imagine what they look like, mm-hmm. uh, bowling ball esque, yeah. Um, uh, I but I think. Joseph Almeida kind of steamrolls Parker Paul. Park.
0: That's even, you're getting even money there at uh, Almeida by submission is plus 100. Man, so you're yeah, getting see, even that's, money. that's
1: not, I mean, Almeida, that, that's the way he's likely going to win the fight, but. He's
0: minus 600. Yeah,
1: so, okay, well, I just, yeah, it just, I need that to bu- balloon up a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no no pun intended. No there. pun intended
0: there. No pun intended. So we're there. going with Vieira over home over Hollyholm there uh, at plus one ninety five also by decision. But again, one that
1: we gotta wait for the weigh-ins.
0: That's too. why you I gotta love. go to fatchecksports.com and get your picks because you wait until after the weigh-ins to put those up there. Yeah. So you gotta look at that. We're going with uh Paheya under two and a half, uh Undraquane to win, uh we're going with my guy Eric Anders, of course, uh roll tide. Obviously, all in <laughs> and then Kolaris there to win at the as the minus one sixty. Favorite. I'm Adam Abdallah at Adam A. Abdallah on Twitter. He's Jordan Sherwood. He gets all the credit deserves all the credit. You know what you're talking about here. I'm just here to set you up and hopefully we make some money, except for the Alabama pick because, you know, I picked that one before you picked that But There that wouldn't one, be so any other,
1: this? like, scenario, right, where you're just, like, all in a guy, on a guy uh, because of where they're from or what they like or is there any other scenario? Uh, obviously, Bull-El, but that was, that's yeah, a little bit de- but yeah, that's a Bull-El's little bit different. Yeah, guy like guy. But, he, but like, that's the, the thing. Like, you know bull and he's been on, you know, he's uh, yeah. been on Black and Abdallah, and that's you guys different. got to Chicago, you know, yeah. and obviously the other ties. Yeah, but, like, that's different.
0: You just like him because he played at Alabama. Never. Yeah, like. I just, like, I had I know nothing about him other than I, I looked at them and was like, is that the same? It is the same guy. Yeah. And so uh, I had to look, you know, obviously when I saw that name, I was like, oh, man, I there's no way. And, of course, there was a way. Right. And that yeah. is, I did not know that he was fighting. <laughs> good for him making making some cash in the UFC so get those picks because some of them you gotta wait till weigh-ins to make sure to lock those in fatjacksports.com again he's Jordan Sherwood at Woodon1063 on Twitter we'll be back soon the UFC is off we maybe make sure you subscribe check that out on the Unnamed MMA podcast on the ESPN Chicago app and wherever your apps are sold it's a free it's a free app so get it this podcast is also free thanks for listening